Now, if you do have your Bible with you this morning, please do turn back to Mark chapter 6. We're just going to briefly look at this passage this morning. So youngsters, don't worry too much. I'm not going to be too long today. Now, this time of year, you cannot avoid, can you, people speaking about being on holiday. The schools finish on Wednesday coming up. School prize giving has already passed. We had their service here Uh, just on Thursday. Uh, We also had the nursery graduation uh, on Wednesday. And so people are thinking about holidays and where they're going on holiday, and the man's family uh, are no different. It's good, isn't it, to have a holiday, whether it's a staycation or a vacation, to have a break, a time of refreshment, and a time to rest. Now, of course, it's well known, isn't it, that the word holiday comes from holy day. And even though you don't have anything in the Bible about a two-week package holiday, uh, there's plenty, isn't there, about festivals and celebrations. However, it's this passage from the feeding of the 5,000 that's been on my mind recently, and I've shared little devotionals at the team leaders meeting and the Kirk session from this passage. You see, I don't really want to focus this morning too much on the the feeding of the 5,000 miracle. What I want to focus on is what happens before that miracle. You see, it's been a busy and somewhat emotional time for Jesus and the disciples. The disciples have been sent out on a ministry trip by Jesus. They've done some amazing miracles in the name of Jesus and have been teaching also. And then they come back to Jesus, and I guess that they would be fairly enthused about all that has gone on, and they were probably saying, oh, it was great, and this person was healed, and that person was healed, and it was just wonderful, and and then we taught this about the kingdom, and people were, were really responsive. You can imagine, they were just really, really excited. And Jesus says to the disciples, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place. And rest a while. Now just pausing there, that is a really important verse, isn't it? Because Jesus clearly saw the place for rest and refreshment. He knew that the disciples couldn't continue on with with ministry without some rest. And indeed that's why having a Sabbath is a creation ordinance. So if you're here this morning and you're a workaholic who struggles to take time off, then right here's your permission to take time off. It is good for you to take time off, to rest, to have some time for for relaxation. If Jesus saw the place for rest, then so should we. You see, it says here in our passage that there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and the disciples didn't even have enough time to eat. Such was the the hubbub. I'm sure that there are many in today's society that are are so busy, and maybe this is you yourself, you're you're so busy that it's only a snatch sandwich at, at lunchtime if you can manage it. But I want you to see this morning there is a place for rest. And so what I want you to see today is that Jesus takes the disciples on an overseas holiday. You notice that? 
It's wonderful. He takes them overseas. It's like going over to Cumbria or going over to Arran. They leave in a boat for a quiet place. But something happens as they leave. Because as they leave, what happens? Well, they're recognized. Now, that's probably not just because of Jesus' ministry. But what have the disciples been doing? Well, they've been going round on a ministry trip. And so it seems to me that when they're all together, people recognize, oh, he's the guy that was at our village. And so when Jesus and the disciples get to their destination, instead of it being a quiet place, there is a huge crowd waiting for them. It's a bit like, you know, you wake up on a a sunny day in the summer and you think, do you know what, just fancy going overseas to Cumbria. But then you get to Largs and what do you see? Huge queue all the way to Cumbria. You get over to Cumbria, there's crowds everywhere. You're like, oh, just wanted some peace and quiet to enjoy it all to myself. It's a huge crowd waiting for Jesus and the disciples. Now, I don't think it's a stretch of the imagination or a stretch of this text to say that the disciples are disappointed. Because it seems to me that later in the afternoon, when the disciples come to Jesus and basically tell Jesus, look, send these crowds away, they're wondering whether they can salvage something of their retreat, something of their holiday with Jesus. I think they're disappointed when they go over and see all these crowds. But how does Jesus act to this holiday, this retreat, being interrupted? How do we react when our holiday or our planned break is interrupted? Has that ever happened to you? Where you're on holiday? You ever been on holiday and you go somewhere and then you go on holiday and you find your next door neighbours have actually gone to the same place as you have? That happened to me once, a long time ago. It's a bit annoying, isn't it? Oh, just wanted a break. Now someone's interrupting my peace. If we're honest, sometimes when our planned break is interrupted, there can be a lack of grace. We can huff and puff. After all, we just wanted to rest. And of course, we've seen there is a place for rest, isn't there? But how does Jesus react? Well, he's not like us, is he? Because he sees the people and they're like sheep without a shepherd. They look lost. And Jesus has compassion on them. Now, the the word for compassion here means that that Jesus has moved to his very core. It's not like he just kind of looks and thinks, oh, well, better teach them, I suppose. He's not like that. He really feels something for them. He sees them. He has real compassion on them. I was listening to a sermon on this this week and the the person who was preaching says that in the sun with people wearing probably white as their their headdress, they probably literally looked like sheep. And Jesus has compassion on them. And so Jesus gives up his holiday to teach the people. Now it's interesting, isn't it, that the people are desperate to see Jesus and the disciples. And other... In other places, we know that it's the miracles that have attracted the people, isn't it? Generally speaking. But here, what's Jesus' immediate reaction? Is it to heal people? No, it's not. Is it to do miracles? Not straight away. 
What's Jesus' immediate reaction? It's to teach the people why. Because that's what they need. That's what they need. They need to be taught about the kingdom. What is it that we need as people? We need to be taught about the kingdom. We need to get into God's word. That's what sustains us. And so Jesus teaches the people. Now please note here, this is not therefore a vindication for the workaholic saying, look, Jesus was interrupted and he still had to work. And you know, that's a bit like me at work. That's what happens to me. Because what do we see? Well, later on we see that Jesus takes some time to himself. After the crowds are dismissed, he goes away himself to pray. He takes a break. We need to rest. And during our months of recreation that we're having in the church here, we need to rest. We need to recuperate as a church family. But I want you to notice also, and to note also, that during these months, where hopefully the weather's a wee bit better, and we have had some good weather, and we've maybe managed to get away on holiday, during these times when we're to have a break, we don't stop being a Christian. When you go off to South Uist, or you go off to Yorkshire, or you go off to Turkey, or you go off to France, or wherever you're going, it's not like you just leave your Christianity at the door and say, I'm no longer a Christian, I'm off duty, and that's me. We're still a Christian, aren't we? And if God gives us an opportunity to minister, then we need to take that opportunity. We need to have compassion as Jesus had compassion. And so Jesus, what does he do? He feeds the people spiritually. He teaches them. And then what else does he do? He feeds them physically. Now, of course, we all know this miracle. The children even know uh, the miracle. How many loaves were there? Hello? There were five. Absolutely. How many fish were there? There were two fish. Two fish. And just five loaves and two fish. They fed all these people, 5,000 men and their families. But there's something else I also want you to notice this morning from this passage. You see, I want you to notice, and this is your homework, okay? I'm not going to be here for the next three weeks, so this is your homework. In this passage, there are lots of echoes of the Old Testament. You see, the phrase, sheep without a shepherd, appears in Numbers 27, where Moses seeks that the Lord will appoint someone to follow him to lead the people of Israel. Moses had been leading the people all this time. He knew his time was coming to an end. And so he says to the Lord, these people are like sheep without a shepherd. Who are you going to send after me? And the Lord, of course, sent Joshua. Also in Numbers, the people of Israel are miraculously provided by the Lord bread, manna, and meat, quail to eat. There are parallels here, aren't there? And here in Mark's Gospel, Jesus has the disciples sit down in groups of 50 or 100. Now, what are they sitting down on? You ever thought about this? The grass. Exactly right. Now, interestingly, in Matthew's Gospel and John's Gospel, it mentions the grass. Luke's Gospel doesn't mention the grass. But only Mark's Gospel says it's the green grass. 
That's interesting, isn't it? Now, you know green grass is green. We know that, don't we? Why is it significant? What did we start the service with today? Psalm 23. What does it say in that psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. What have we just seen? The people were like sheep without a shepherd. I have all that I need. What does Jesus do? He feeds them. He lets me rest in green meadows. Or as other translations have it, green fields. What are the people sitting down on? The green grass. So here is Jesus, shepherd of the sheep, giving the people what they need. Their physical needs met, their spiritual needs met. He works so that people can rest in him. And so I encourage you, this summer period, in our months of recreation, especially if you're really weary today, if you just feel, I don't know the direction of my life, or you're just ground down, I encourage you from this passage, rest in Jesus. Know that he's your good shepherd. And rest in him. I want you just to imagine that you were there that day. Huge crowds. Waiting for Jesus. Waiting for the disciples to come in that boat. A bit uncertain about what was going to happen. But Jesus takes charge. That's what we want in our lives, isn't it? For Jesus to take charge. Jesus to teach us. And then can you imagine that moment? You're listening to Jesus. You're feeling a little bit hungry. What does Jesus say? Look, just get into groups. And have a seat. Sit on the grass. Relax. And what do the disciples do? They bring them food. It's a lovely holiday for the 5,000 odd people that are there. Maybe that's you this morning. Get in that crowd. You just want some rest. Well, you can rest in Jesus. Because he is your good shepherd.